mystery and horror, the air itself is filled with monsters. Children of the night, what music they make. Well, hello, all you monster fiends, and thank you for joining us for another deep dive factoid filled episode exploring Hollywood's most famous monsters. I am your mistress of ceremony, Sam, and I'm joined by, I am joined <laughs> as always by Dan from Bleed and Marvelous. Say hello, Dan. Hello, Dan. That's two weeks in a row you've done, Danielle. I know. I feel like I'm punishing Are you trying to... it's my naughty name. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's my government name. I've been. I'm exposing myself here. You deserve it for making <laughs> us do this episode today. I'm <laughs> only joking. I'm, oh, I'm only funning. It's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be a fun one, and I am actually looking forward to it. For all this movie is something. Everything else around it is really, really interesting. Yep. Yep, Dan is nodding. Yep, yep, Dan is Dan is nodding. So I'll do the disclaimer and then we'll get into pumpkin head. Got a new voice today. <laughs> had to had to change it because you can't go. You can't do like you know jigsaw, jigsaw. You can't do that. No. You need like a work. southern accent, don't you? Pumpkin head. Oh, don't get me started on that southern accent. We'll we'll have a whole episode <laughs> of me talking like that. <laughs> Right, so everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you'd like to discuss anything from today's episode, please come and join us in the Facebook group, Discord or comment section and we can have an open discussion. But what we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can all agree to disagree in fandom. So let's keep it fun, keep it kind and keep the toxic behaviour out of her nerdism. And don't be a dick. Thank you. Thank you very much. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's that's the greatest way to start this book. So, so. <laughs> this is the nineteen eighty-eight supernatural horror. This was directed and and was the debut of the master himself, Stan Winston. There are four films in this franchise, along with its very own video game. And the if the rumors are true, we will have a new film coming our way very shortly. So keep away from Pumpkinhead unless you're tired of living as Monsters Up North brings you Pumpkinhead. <laughs> Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. Oh, dear. <laughs> Sorry to yeah. America for that. Yeah. Um... I'm not apologizing. You brought this <laughs> film out. You brought it on yourselves. <laughs> so, so Pumpkinhead. Where the hell do you start with this one? Where where do you start? Um, let's just go back to what I said earlier it is true there is a, a there if the rumors are true sorry we will have another pumpkin head out at some point i don't think i'd mind on this occasion a reboot of this mm-hmm. as long as he was practical effects like he is here yes not heavily cg'd yeah if they mix the two i wouldn't be averse to that either as long as it fitted it, as long as, as long it's like th- that in that movement, that's where the CG would. Do you know what I, it needs yeah. to work? Yeah, yeah. Um, because I do feel there's a lot that needs to be done with the storyline. 
in this <sighs> movie. So, I mean, for me, I would be not averse to it um, as long as Blumhouse wasn't directing. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be typical, <laughs> absolute typical. You, you get everything you want, but it's a Blumhouse production. I'd watch it still because, you know, fun. Oh, yeah. but, but it's still one of the things that would just, it, it, in my in my soul, it would hurt. It would <laughs> somewhere. Watching this film hurt my soul. But, but there's a lot of potential with it. There's a lot that could be done with it. I saw a quote off of someone on one of these many, many websites that have reviewed it. And it said, this was Lance Herri- uh, Lance Henriksen's all-time best role. And I said, I beg your fucking pardon. I had to read it again. I was like, um, let's let's review your statement because there's so many things wrong with and that. that. And let's go through his uh, filmography. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. I mean, I know we shouldn't tell people they're wrong because at the end of the day, everybody's allowed no, their own opinion. That's but, right. Like, Oh, ah, I just no, you know, no. it's not even a matter of taste. That is just a matter of fact. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> mm, I know no. he's done better, so you know. Yeah, I mean, his filmography speaks for itself. So, yes. Pumpkinhead would never be one that I'd go Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think it would win a BAFTA or a, a Raspberry or a whatever they're called oh, these days. No. Well, interesting fact number one. It's based on a poem, which is, which is, I, I did think quite interesting. The poem is by Ed Justin and it's yeah. called Six, Six You in Vengeance or Seek You in Vengeance. And it's, it, it's probably one of the first films. And this is somebody else pointed this out. And it's blaringly obvious. Um, it's a film, one of the first films where it's not based on a book. Yes. Yeah. It's based on an actual poem. And it makes me think. I didn't need to, I didn't read the poem, but I was like, what kind of what kind of poem is this? I've got it here. <laughs> Have you really? Yeah, it's it's not a very long poem. If you want me to read it, I can. Go on then. Okay, forgive me here, but I shall uh <clears throat> keep away from Pumpkinhead unless you're tired of living. His enemies are mostly dead, he's mean and unforgiving. Laugh at him and you're undone, but in some dreadful fashion. Vengeance he considers fun and plans with it a passion. Time will not erase or blot a plot that he has brewing. It's when you think that he's forgot he'll conjure your undoing. Bolted doors and windows barred. Guard dogs prowling in the yard. Won't protect you in your bed. Nothing will from Pumpkinhead. That's pretty damn cool, though. <laughs> and that's what the kids were singing when they're circling the Milky Bar kid. It is, and it's also the lyrics to my favourite Misfits song, Pumpkinhead. I was going to say, I noticed the t-shirt. <laughs> Oh yeah, like, I, I had to wear. Yeah, I had to wear. Had to wear misfits because yeah, Pumpkinhead is on the Monsters um, albums, one of my favourite Misfits albums, and it was when they started singing it in the film, and I was like, oh, "Keep away from Pumpkinhead, lest you tired of living." I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I get that reference." <laughs> I didn't realise it was directly from the poem, which would totally make a lot of sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's but- good. I, I like the fact that it's not a it's not a book. Yeah, it's it's a poem. It's very different, but that is my first interest in fact of this movie. Let's talk about the plot of the movie. What plot? There is a plot. Is there? It's ridiculous, but there is a plot. So kinda maybe ish. So at the beginning of the movie, you've got a you've got a couple which 
<laughs> it doesn't make any sense, but there's a cut. There's a couple, and it looks like a bit of a storm going on outside. Yeah, and there's a bit of ruckus as well, and they're getting themselves all antsy, and they're saying you shouldn't go out there, can't go out there, it's too dangerous, and then something happens, and I can't remember what happens. Up but... on the door, start screaming yes. and howling. Yes, that's it. That's yeah. it, and they don't. And then he's gone he's in the bed. Which when we get to the end of the film won't actually make any goddamn sense as to that that scene at all. Yeah. Um because then it cuts away to Lance Hendrickson and his son. And the milky bucket, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Very much so. A uh, terrifying child, not gonna lie. Um <laughs> poor little bugger. Poor little thing. But they have they're having a moment, father son moment, and then it cuts away to the teenagers dirt bikers oh my <laughs> god the their accents were so funny oh i'm just a teenage dirt biker baby oh they were not listening to iron maiden no <laughs> they were not they were not cool at all god, they were man. a bunch of assholes actually all the kids in there and where the hell were they living uh, like the did nobody get a wash? Like, did you see the state of the kids? They were just yeah. covered from head to toe in mud. Yeah. Like, literally. And I was like, this is at the beginning of the day. And they were wearing oh. sacks, most of them little kids as well. It was like, oh. yeah. Uh. <laughs> hey. Okay. Well, yes. And the incident occurs where the Milky Bar kid gets. Yes. But it's not quite made clear that he gets. No. Not at all. Because <laughs> it's really not. A commotion happens. I mean, he is getting picked on by the the neighborhood kids, and then all Which, of a sudden, did you see one who one of them kids was? Not until the very end. Yeah, not one until the, the end when it was pointed out. It was apparently it was her very first film. It's her very first credited film. It yeah. was Ma- uh, Mayim Bialik, who is better known as Amy Farrow Fowler from The yeah. Big Bang Theory. Yeah, because <laughs> I knew her from, from my first film of her was always Beaches because oh, yeah. obviously she was a young Bette Midler in that. So I didn't realise she did anything before that, but she was quite young in this one. But if you ever hear her speak about like her younger years, she tries to blank them all out because she was pimped out by her parents as far as she's concerned. She was one there's of these people. There's a lot of actors who were coming out. Yeah, um, she she's if you've ever watched her podcasts, mm-hmm. like you can watch them live or you can listen to them, and they are ever so interesting. And she doesn't hold back about her ad- addictions mm-hmm. um, and how like her with her religion. And I'm not one who listens to religion speak, but she's very respectful with it. She doesn't flood you with information, but if you ask her a question, she's very factful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She's very and I quite enjoy the fact that it's not like a sermon, it's like a education. Yeah. The more so, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, quite, my... I'm quite interested. I didn't see when I... Dan probably saw a better version of this, even though we watched the exact same movie, because I watched something that looked like it just been pulled out of 1988. <laughs> Dan watched the cleaner up version. And I, that's the one thing I regret. I mean... I regret a lot of things about this film, but that is the one thing I do kind of regret is I didn't get a cleaner picture because some of the things were distorted to where I couldn't quite make them out and I did not see her. It wasn't until I was watching a video of like 10 things you didn't know about Pumpkinhead and it's like, oh, my young Bialik. Okay, interesting. Um, so yeah, she's one of the kids who's picking on Dick. Um, <laughs> but 
an incident occurs where the dirt bikers end up killing a Milky Bar kid. Um, again, not made very clear when it happens. No, he just falls over. He just whoosh. don't and know how it happens. No, it's because they're just circling them. The dirt biker jumped off a hill because his dog ran away, so he ran after his dog. And then the one dirt biker jumped and missed him, and then the second dirt biker jumped and he just fell down. And he didn't hit him face on. It's like the dirt bike went past the little Milky Bar kid's face and the kid just fell on the floor. And I was like, so is he dead or is he maimed? I don't really yeah. understand what, what, what just happened there. Is he alive? When, when, it's the reaction of Lance Hendrickson throughout the whole interaction because he just walks to his kid, kneels down, picks him up, puts him in the car. Doesn't fuss or anything over him, so you just think he's injured, and then yeah. he goes to a, another. Haggis. Well, he goes to a man fest to go and find out where Haggis is. Oh, she's fucking class. <laughs> when she came on that screen and started talking, I went, "Oh yes, I get you." Um, so yeah, he goes to a man to find out where Haggis. I guess. I know. Who thought of that? I mean, good God, but yeah, okay, yeah, and because. He wants to use her magical powers to bring back his son. That's the first time you think, oh shit, that kid's dead. Um the Haggis then Haggis then turns around and says, I will not bring your son back. However, though, if you go and grab a dead body out the graveyard, I'm gonna <laughs> use your blood and his blood, and we're gonna create something and you can get your vengeance. And then I mean, why? Why? She didn't just say, yeah, no worries, I'll do that. Because she was <laughs> going to bring someone back. Like, yeah. uh, She was going to bring somebody back. Why couldn't it have been the kid? But no, she has to bring back vengeance yeah. in the form of Pumpkinhead. Um, but Lance Hendrickson, all over the idea. Yep. Let's, yep. Do, let's do this. Well convinced uh, it's a good idea. Yeah. And then you get introduced to oh, the fucking fabulous creation. I'm sorry, this film's dog shit but that creation is unreal and that there is first, you know when he first digs him up out of the pumpkin that set there i thought was amazing yeah with the big tree rooty thing which he was buried inside of with all the pumpkins mm -hmm. on um if you noticed and I, I this is the first time that my brain went oh maybe they drew inspiration when they did this other movie to get there but when yeah. they pulled, him, pulled the 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 corpse of a young pumpkin head out of the ground. Didn't you think he looked like Sam from Trick or Treat? I did. I did. And I wondered I wondered to myself, is that where the inspiration came from? Because yeah. the reason Pumpkinhead is called Pumpkinhead is solely on based on the fact that he came from a pumpkin field. Yeah. So if he came from any other field, that's what he would have been called. Cabbage. Yeah. Head. Cabbage head. <laughs> it's very literal. <laughs> it really really is but yes i did for all that the shape was i could make the shape out it's the detail i couldn't quite make out on the yeah. on my copy but i could make the shape out and yes it kind of does so it probably is where it got its inspiration from must have been yeah. probably is yeah he had to have been a fan of that mm. why would you if you're looking at pumpkins or pumpkin heads while you're creating your pumpkin yeah. head person that is something that you could take reference from i know well, Sam, Sam got quite like insistent that he didn't want a pumpkin for no. a head he was no. like i'm not having sleepy hollow ikibot crane because obviously the book has been in existence for longer than the movie yeah. and obviously this movie came out before sleepy hollow as we know it um uh -huh. but, 
but the tradition of the headless horseman was the pumpkin head thing and, and he was like i don't want that because you're going to confuse genres you're going to you know there's the, the whole thing and I, I just liked how they got where they got but you never yeah. really find out how they got that no. far like from because no, there's, there's no fucking explanation in this film whatsoever no no. So he goes on his vengeance. Lance Hendrickson has a change of heart, mm-hmm. and I mean, why he didn't do why 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 he didn't do it in the beginning? I, I'll never know why why he didn't shoot himself in the beginning. I'll never understand. But he waits till the end of the movie. Lance Hendrickson kills himself, which then ends Pumpkinhead. Movie's over. That is Pumpkinhead laid out right there. Except he kills himself. Pumpkinhead sets on fire. And then Lance turns into Pumpkinhead and they bury Pumpkinhead at the end. They bury, bury Lance at the end so he can grow into the new Pumpkinhead for the next person. Well, I miss that bit. Yeah. Um, basically, <laughs> I totally bit. missed that bit. He dies and Pumpkinhead dies. And then... I saw Pumpkin- that, but then... Yeah, Pumpkinhead sits on fire um, and then Lance is just left there. So Haggis picks up Lance... Walks Dude, I never saw any patch. of this. Yeah, walks into the pumpkin patch, puts him in, and you know it's Lance, even though he's starting to look like pumpkin head because he's got that necklace his kid made on, pumpkin head. I'm and not joking. Flicking stuff on him, and that's that's the end then. The copy I watched, when Lance <laughs> falls to the ground, the fucking credits come up. Maybe it was an extended version I saw, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that's what happened. So Lance I know became... I miss shit in films. We that was very yeah. evident when we did the Army of Darkness um review the other day because I didn't know that that was Evil Ash. <laughs> so we know this happens, but I'm not joking. When Lance Henderson hit the floor, the credits came up. Yeah, it had the vision of the house, and then the credits rolled. I am not making this shit off, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So they as to how we came back in the sequels. Yeah. Oh, hmm. Mm, yeah. Yes. Well, one of them is a seek. One of them is a the the no, Bloodwings no. too. The the director move the TV movies. They weren't like yeah. actual mo- like movie cinema movie theater movies. Ashes to Ashes, which was three, and Blood Feud, which was four, were both made for TV. Yeah. Um, and they were the ones that um Lance Erickson was so Hem- Hendrickson, sorry, was so ashamed of. He snuck out the back door from the viewing so he didn't have to do the Q&A because he was so embarrassed. Oh, man. So... Own it. Own it. He just own just it. But I want to talk a little bit about Stan Winston, but not too much about Stan Winston yeah. because I really want to do a deep dive on this man. When you hear anyone talking about the set of this movie, there is not one bad word. No. There is not. From all accounts... This was the funnest, and that's the word they used, funnest set to be on. Because Stan Winston wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. And he kept within budget. He was one of the very rare directors that didn't go over budget. He stayed under budget. He did. Do you know why that is? Because he he did everything himself. (laughs) And he kept everything in time. He didn't Mm -hmm. run late for the studio. Everything was clockwork and everybody was working there was there was no like no feuds no no you couldn't nobody had a, like you saying there was no bad word to be said about there was no backstabbing and um, stan knew when to walk away especially from the team that he had in place for the makeup 
Yeah. Bearing in mind what this man has actually created in his time. He is, he is, he, I can't, there's so many things that you could say he did this, this, but I will never not get over the fact he made that T-Rex in Jurassic Park. Yeah. That's, that's it's what not, I can't get my head around. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, the T-Rex came after, obviously, after Pumpkinhead, it's five years after, I think, it was 94, wasn't it, Jurassic Park? Yeah. 93, 94, something like yeah. that. So it came three, four years after Pumpkinhead. Um, but it, it, the feat of engineering to be coming off the back of an Oscar in 1986 for Aliens, I think mm-hmm. it was, I think it was 86. I, I knew you had an Oscar in 86. I don't know if it was specifically for Aliens itself, but I know Aliens was coming off the back of that. And obviously working with Lance in that as Bishop, he had a good working relationship with Lance. And he yeah, knew he did. How, Lance knew how to act with the Xenomorphs, which is where I think he heavily got inspired or they got inspired. Well, look, look at the shape of... Yeah. And the yeah, you are absolutely right. The way it's the cur- it's the curve, yeah, it's the way the whole top part curves round, and you see the movement of, it and you think, oh my god, that is a fucking set. You would think that was a xenomorph if you didn't see what it actually was. Yeah, I mean, he let. Um... <laughs> this is an, a hark back to another one of our other um, episodes because we've done aliens, but this is another one. Tom Woodruff Jr., who was yeah. the guy who played Pumpkinhead. Um, he also designed the body um, of Pumpkinhead and I, th- I want to say Alex Gillis or something like that. I've written it down. Hang on a second. Uh, oh yeah, Alec Gillis designed the face. So they, he had two guys working on the body, like the body and the face. And Tom Woodruff Jr. was actually the guy who played Frankenstein in, um, I want to say, was it Frankenstein? It was, it was one of the characters. I think it was Frankenstein in... Um, Wasn't it Monster Squad? Monster Squad, yeah, he played. He did something in Monster Squad. It was either Gil, no, it was Gilman. He did Gilman in Monster Squad. Sorry, my bad. And um, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, so he knew because Stan Winston obviously did Monster Squad. This so, is the reason why I want to do a proper deep dive because the yeah. list of movies he's done. Yes, we've covered some, but oh my god! And by all accounts, this man was a fucking treasure. Yeah, I mean, no, like I say, he got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, I think it was a year or two just before he passed away because he died in 2008 now. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise it was that long ago. I, yeah. I knew it was long, but yeah, Tom Woodruff Jr. anyway was like, um, he was one of his biggest sculptors at the time and mm-hmm. he trusted Tom and he trusted Alex with um, taking control of Pumpkinhead. He had a loose couple of loose sketches. They ran past him and he was like, yep, yeah, make this a bit longer, make that go. And then... We'll see how it goes. And there's a video on YouTube where you see it's um one of the because Stan Winston's school still runs to this day, so you can mm-hmm. do online courses. Yeah. So they had an online video of how they made pumpkin head through the Stan Winston School of um whatever it's arts. And uh, you see Tom and Alec and the two other guys, Shane and um, I've forgotten the other guy's name. I'm so sorry, but they um you see them blocking out the the form of the body, like with foam and um, they make the legs go backwards and they made Mm -hmm. it very clear that he was always going to be on wires. He was never going to be able to walk on the stilts. They wanted that dog leg. They wanted that really weird looking leg to look so unnatural and creepy. And that's why when he walks, he's not very fast. He doesn't, you don't see him run. However, Mm -hmm. I want to know, I want to know, Sammy, how did he get on the roof and in the tree so quickly? Magic. 
So I was like, pure tree. Pure Harry Potter magic. Uh, it's just like he was always reaching down to kill them, wasn't he? Like yeah. if he was, he was very high up. Very high up. Um Tom Woodruff Jr. Yep. God rest God bless him. God bless the man. Went through a very Jack Pierce moment in this uh, in this movie as he was glued into the suit all day yes. from start to finish because what they wanted to do was get around wear and tear. Cause taking it on, taking it off. They wanted to try and keep yeah. the material in a great condition so he went through a jack pierce school of makeup and was glued into that suit i would urge anybody to even just look at images of tom sitting in this suit mm-hmm. just sitting in a director's chair because it you you just sit there and go what the fuck <laughs> am i looking at it's it was like when i watched the documentaries when we did the xenomorph episode yeah. xenomorph xenomorph Either or. Yeah. Um, when I looked at images of the, you know, the, the the alien queen, and I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, that's like, that, it's, it's, it's unreal to my eye. I can't quite describe how I feel when I'm looking at stuff like that. And it was the same when I saw a pumpkin head just casually walking around set. Like, just <laughs> look at me. Yeah, he's, um, Tom is one of these people that, he is because he understands the process he's a patient um character performer yeah so he understands the necessity of being in there all day and stuff like that but i did notice that pumpkin head 2 it wasn't stan it was greg nicotero yeah pumpkin head 2 and they allowed the guy to take his head off constantly so it was on like a made it more accessible yeah, so they it they didn't it didn't differ too much. So they mm. must have allowed the design to carry over. But um I did notice that in this in one and two, what they did was they sat the head of pumpkin head on the head. So the eyes of the person is in the neck. Yeah. So the head itself is literally sat on the the head of the actor with the animatronics in the mouth, which is about here. Um, and the eyes are in the neck, so they're in like tiny little crease folds. So they must have had only like oh, not a great deal to work with. To not a great deal to work with. What got me though about the design of Pumpkinhead is the fact that his face changes throughout to start to look more and morph into Lance Hedrickson, which towards the end, when it's the pointy nose, and it's like oh, oh no, the, it's yeah, very unpleasant to look at, wasn't it? Like, not not nice, not nice beautiful to look at the detail and everything because yeah. yeah he starts off as his face starts to morph into the more the more the movie goes on and the vengeance starts to take place his face starts to morph, which i think is a really good plot point this is what i mean there's stuff to work with in this film that's where um, you, this is why this is didn't make any sense to you i think because this is where you see he's starting to take the form they're starting to become the same thing yeah because he glances face starts to change so Lance's face starts to morph as well. So totally makes sense. But what? Why? What? What about the kids? <laughs> just, uh, a, just, just, ima- just imagine though, if because it's the kids' blood as well in there. Mm. If the face started to turn into the Milky Bar kid, <laughs> some glasses appeared on Pumpkinhead. Some proper that would, no, that would have been that. No, that would have been a film. That would have been a movie. But did, did you see? Right, Lance was dead against this film. He weren't interested. He read the script. Was like what? Oh, is this what got him? 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, he was like, what the hell are you trying to make me? Uh, no. And then they go, well, you know, give the script a proper read-over. Stan's made some changes, which he had at the point. He said he wanted it to be darker. It wasn't dark enough. And I don't think he meant dark as in... The scenery. Yeah, I think he meant, like, it needs to be more sinister dark, you know. Um, And then he did that one scene with him and his kid where his kid sits up and says, what have you done, Daddy? What have you done? (laughs) And his kid's dead. And he's, like, having some sort of hallucination of some kind. I'm not really sure what the hell went on there. Um, And, and like, you know, the kid woke up and was like, the milky bars are on me. And he was like, no. And dead again. Yeah, and dead again. And that was the scene that hooked That's the the scene that got him. That's the one where he went, yeah, I'm going to do this now. He said it was so scary. He had to sleep with the light on. And I'm like, come no. on now. Oh, no. No, no come no. on now, Lance. I mean, you're, no. No, you did aliens for fuck's sake. No, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I love Lance. Lance and Rob, are, you know, every time Lance sees Rob, he gives him a big hug. Lance is one of the nicest people. I love the fact that you can life. say that. <laughs> and it's he, real. <laughs> honestly, he's one of the nicest people in in, in I've ever had the pleasure to meet. Um, like I said, batshit crazy he was next to mm. ash from pokemon at one of the shows we went to and he had uh, you know the voiceover yeah and, yeah what, uh, a, what a great combination Lance, <laughs> and Lance it's so because like, like at one point we looked over and he had like a lance had like a big old sprig of clover coming out of his head that one of the uh one of the guys on ash's table had put on his head and he's like i like it stay in there so for the photo shoot he had a big sprig of clover coming out of his head at rhode island comic-con one year and we were like okay all why right. not? This is a thing, is it? Right? <laughs> why, why not? Why not? Yeah, I, I will never get my head around the fact that that's what got him on board. But do you know what the original title was meant to be for Pumpkinhead? I do, and I don't like it as much. I have to be honest. I like it. It makes sense for a movie. Uh-huh. But I don't think it would have been as commercially... Oh, no. But you think Pumpkinhead is? Yeah. Short and sweet, there you go. It is what it is. It's Vengeance... Vengeance the Demon. Yes. And my again, this is not an episode where my English has failed me. That is actually the title. Vengeance the Demon. Yeah. It does sound like a Dario Argento movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like some sort of... um. Italian horror that that, they, that that gets lost slightly in the translation. You yeah, know? I don't. Like Troll think... Two. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that. Yeah, I think a lot of this is weird because it's what they reckon was the reason why this film didn't do fantastic was because uh, DEG, who had the licensing for it, oh, um, yes, the, the, or the studio. I can't remember if they were the distributors or if they, they were the studio. They, they were the distributors. This is so interesting. Yeah, they went absolutely belly up, and they were just set to take on Bill and Ted's excellent yep. adventure before they went belly up. Now Orion bailed out that one and gave Bill and Ted as much money as possible, mm-hmm. and it became the success it was. But United Artists took this one mm-hmm. and United Artists plowed next to nothing into it. So the little dribble of cash that uh, DEG had put into it, I think it was like De Laurentiis or something like that, Entertainments Group. Is that the that name? Do you know what's so funny? It's the second time that name has come up because Dino De Laurentiis is the guy behind um, 
Army of Darkness. I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, so the DEG group, the dealer mm-hmm. ent- entertainment group. But yeah, um, the little dribble they did, they invested in a very small run in 1988 um, of small cinema run. And it just, it was very stale. But obviously there was no money to push the, the publicity for the movie. There's not enough money in the world that would have done this movie. <laughs> they were hoping because of the success of Stan and hoping because of the success of what they could bring to the table in the way of monsters. They were looking for that next monster movie. And I do think this would have had it had the money behind it, no matter how bad it is. Because you watch you watch anything now, like even like the original Texas Chainsaw or the original um, Nightmare on Elm Street, they all have their bits where you're just like, I the first time I saw this, I shit my pants. What the what, this is terrible. They have their <laughs> moments, don't they? I yeah. mean, I know the moments in this supersede the good moments, in my opinion. Yeah. This movie was dreadful plot-wise, um, and it was poorly acted by everybody, even Lance. Yeah. Um, you could tell that Lance he was so uninterested. Even the whole than this movie. So much better than this movie. And it's like <laughs> Oh, what have you? It was the whole when he was like, "What have I done? What have I done?" It just—it seemed it was so stale. He was either overacting, like the scene where he goes back to oh god when he gets nuts. I was like, (laughs) I, I, where did that come from? Do you know what it reminded us of? Do you know the end of Poltergeist where he's like, "You left the bodies. You, you, you took the headstones, but you left the bodies," and then you hear um. Greg T. Nelson is a Greg T. Nelson. Just scream, why? Why? <laughs> I remember the yeah. Do you know the worst part about it, that whole scene? It's a brilliant scene with Ben. It is Greg T. Nelson, isn't it? I think it's so. Polygos, yeah. I'm not very good with summer names, so. But yeah, I'm sure it is. And it the, the cut away when he's screaming, why? So you did. And it's like, oh, that was his moment, man. Like you just down totally... on his knees, giving it uh-huh. a platoon moment, you know. You've totally taken it away from him. They don't even show it. Um, but yeah, he has he has one of those moments in this movie where he's just screaming at an old woman. Hey, the makeup on the old on Haggis. Wow. Yeah, I've got some little facts about that, which was um apparently the woman that played her, his name was uh Florence Schaufler. Schaufler. I do apologise. Um, she was six feet tall. Yeah, she's tall. She was 68 years old. And oh. the suit weighed 70 pounds. Hey. And she was 68 and she yeah. took it like a champ. Apparently Shane, the guy who worked on the body and also worked on Haggis, he took primarily took um, had Haggis. And he said when he was put in the makeup, when she came in for a head casting, a life cast, he said... She was in character. She never dropped character. We never saw what she was actually really like. She was, from the minute she walked in to get her head cast, she was playing with us all. He said, I never that knew. Is so, I would have been so freaked out because if you have seen this, and it just her accent alone is terrifying. <laughs> Plus the wispy hair and the... The, like, makeup the-, on, the makeup on her is absolutely tremendous. I want to make this very clear. This movie, like I said earlier, this movie is a whole load of dog shit, plot-wise. But visual, practical effects yeah. is some of the best. You will not get this today. I'm putting that out there. This is some of the best practical effects in movie history. The thing and I, is, oh, no, go on, no, go on. 
No, I was just gonna say the thing that gets me about it though is that I think like the amount of Stan isn't a horror guy. That no. was that's Tom's realm. Mm-hmm. Even Rick admits that's not his cup of tea either, but he does little bits. Stan yeah. is your sci-fi king, he's your monster man, you know. He pulled off some scary buggers, don't get me wrong. He really has. Mm-hmm. Uh, that predator he's re- he's responsible for. Terminator. I mean, I know Terminator is not a monster technically, it's a fucking robot, but you know, it is what it is. But he's yeah. responsible for such icons up to that point that um I everybody had doubts because they didn't think he could pull off a horror, a traditional yeah. horror. And I still don't think he managed it because it's not, in my opinion, written well enough for you to see it as a horror. I think mm-hmm. it seems a bit more of a comedy, like <laughs> whether it was intentional or not, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I just... Well, mm. that may that may actually become that may come down to the score of the movie, right? Because the score of the movie was done by Richard Stone. What did Richard? What's Richard Stone famous for, Dan? Love you, bye. <laughs> Animaniacs. Animaniacs. <laughs> he was a Warner Brothers musician, so Animaniacs. Anything to do with like Bugs Bunny and stuff like that. Yep, yeah. the guy who created the score is him. When I saw that, I mean, literally, that that is something me and my sister have always said to each other when we leave the room, and it's that skit of the little girl with the wolf, you know, that in yeah. Animaniacs. Love you, bye! And, and it's stuck, <laughs> like, I, it's just stuck. And um, when I saw that, I was like, oh, for God's sake. I think he even done, I think they even mentioned he's something to do with SpongeBob at one point. Yeah. So I was, like, sitting there going, oh, well, that kind of, yeah, he didn't get the sinister vibes it was like Mm-mm-mm-mm. i'm surprised they didn't do like tom and jerry and had a few winks in there <laughs> that's the, the question i had right and this is a genuine question when <laughs> when he appears you mm-hmm. hear the spider noise why do you hear the spider noise i think it's even like a xenomorph noise you know that really that, high oh. pitched yes noise they use and i can't can't describe it any other way i I know exactly what you mean though if you watch arachnophobia i I know that that's the noise that make for spiders so that's why i'm like the spider noise Mm -hmm. but like i don't understand the choice of that for pumpkin head because he's not spidery he's not he's not it's not that uh he's not got tentacles and that's what you feel like that would i feel like they used a very similar noise in Aliens, mm-hmm. and they just brought it back into work. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe they needed some kind of noise for movement, and that's what they could come up with, given what they had just previously done. Because yeah. the team that worked on this is Stan Winston's team. Am I right? So yes, they were. they've been they've been with him, so it would make sense, kind of. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I does anything make sense in this movie? I know that Tom and Alec had just come off of Predator and Shane and the other guy that worked with Shane had just come off of Aliens. Um, oh, these guys have got some big, big credentials to their yeah. names. Like. So they both come off the back of these great big movies. So they mm-hmm. were somewhere in between like having to deal with the Jean-Claude Van Damme bullshit and the remaking of the whole suit for Predator and then coming out of Aliens and having to make 30 different 
kinds of effects and oh just if, like if you want any more information on the predator debacle please go and visit our episode with creature from the black tattoo where we talk all about it <laughs> what a shameless plug oh and there's also a xenomorph aliens uh episode as well if you're so fancy it but um yeah it's i, I it's so hard to take one look at this monster and think you deserve better you know yes this monster was it's unlike anything i've ever seen in the respect of that, whilst I say yes, okay, xenomorph, the face wasn't. The face, mm-hmm. the idea, the concept is there. Let's dig up this um, demon and we'll give it blood and it will take the vengeance out. And when it dies, you will take its place. But you don't realize that's the deal until after you've given it its, your blood. And that's the, the exchange, you know, you become the demon, you take its place. So you get buried in the pumpkin patch when your time has come. So it makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it just, it, the amount of work, the amount of time and effort, the amount of the, the team, the provenance this whole movie has as a whole with the, 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 the creme de la creme of the people that have worked on it. And, and, yeah. and just, you sit there and you go, how did it get to this? Yeah. Was it over edited? Did they just miss? No. I really don't think that's the case at all. I and I, I, I don't think there's any real good explanation for it. It doesn't look. It doesn't feel like a studio came in and said do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. It really doesn't. Okay. Um, I generally believe that Stan Winston wanted to do this to solely for the monster. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, <laughs> I did see a goof, right? And I'm not entirely sure if this is correct or not because I watched it. I didn't see it. But then I wasn't looking for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually quite good at picking up on things, though. But then this film didn't really hold my attention when the monster wasn't on screen. Mm-hmm. So there's a scene where Pumpkinhead's walking through the abandoned church and he's coming through the door and mm-hmm. it's all blue lit behind him. It's, a, it's the most famous shot of the movie. It's beautiful. Um, it's so well done. Um, but apparently he's got night trainers on. And you see a shot of the trainers. And then there's another scene where Lance has got the hillbilly kid, the redneck kid, dropping in, taking him to Haggis's. Mm-hmm. And you can see in the wing mirror, the cameraman. <laughs> so, and it's like, they're little continuity errors, if they are in, in there, without me going back and watching to confirm, I'm not 100% sure. But they're things that as Stan, as a first time director, mm-hmm. maybe didn't, get someone to i mean i don't know how big continuity was back then if it was like as it's not like it is, I, don't, I don't it is like it is now yeah. it's we're in the the end of the 80s like it's just shit fantastic as paul would call it <laughs> 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 um but i do generally believe that it, this is the heart of this goes to the monster itself because yeah. let's be honest when the, the acting oh god let's just talk about the acting for a second so lance oh, hendrickson's <laughs> lack of it um for a a guy who has he looks like he's a single father so there's there's questions around the fact that the mother's not there yeah so and his son's died he's gone to a witch who said listen i ain't gonna give you your son back but if you go on get in that field we'll we'll create something really special to to get your vengeance on the people who took your son 
there is not one bit of fucking emotion that runs through him. I mean, apart from the point where he like kind of loses his shit, but yeah. he never like he's just there's nothing behind he's like he's dead inside. Yeah. And if that's what he was going for, well done. You you played it off absolutely <laughs> brilliant. But if it like you, your son died, and he's just he's just driving along like like now it's wrong, and he's got a dead boy sat next to him. It's I uh, for me there was a scene in it which I did not like. I did not like, and mm. I am very very confused as to why someone like Stan would have let it in. I mean, I know it's an establishing. It was probably just like a character establishing plot line mm. for us to understand what kind of a absolute piece of shit he was um but the guy was it joel the the guy who supposedly killed um, oh the one who Bert didn't Bucket. want to ring the police on because he was he was on parole anyway when he goes to escape he's got his bike magically back within seconds chained up onto the back of the trailer and he goes to go in and get in his trans am or whatever car it is he's got mm-hmm. but he beats the shit out of his girlfriend and like she's on the floor and he's smashing and i'm like whoa yeah that, even that in today's movies you don't see that and i was just like i know 80s of it all but like stan winston what is what i that why why would you do that but it seemed um, like it, it really excessive compared to all the other things that happened none of that seemed like it looked like they put more effort into that than the actual what was going on with the witch just that yeah the whole like because that was so that was it was too blase for and he accepted that really quickly that that was kind of like the thing we need to do is go and dig up this body (laughs) in the field he was very quickly accepting of that but apparently he was the kid at the beginning someone one of these many top something said that the kid at the beginning yes that's right what's going on and lance was supposed to be him so he did know of yes that's right so let's why was pumpkin head out in the first place this is what i can't get around this is this is why the whole front opening scene makes no sense to me because pumpkin head isn't out until lance brings him out yeah so someone has brought him out ah right so he's been reused yeah, basically what happened was, and I'm not sure if I'm not sure if um you have to forgive me because I can't remember what he looks like, but I'm pretty sure it might be Dick Warlock at the beginning. Um mm. the the guy that's pounding on the door. Yeah. Um now he's he you hear him scream to the, the dad of Lance Hendrickson in there saying I didn't kill them kids or I didn't kill them people or something along those lines. So someone has obviously brought Pumpkinhead back to to get their vengeance on this guy. Um, but yeah, if you don't know who Dick Warlock is, he's one of the Michael Myerses and he is royalty. Yes. When it comes to stunts, he has been in every John Carpenter movie from here to back and beyond. Every movie you can think of, that man has been in. But in- then it's also a weird connection to the other two or three movies that have come out because you've also got Jason Kane Hodder was in yeah, number Kane two. Hodder's in number two. R.A. R. Miloff. Um I can never pronounce his surname until I do pres- I, I do apologize. Uh who was Leatherface. Yeah. Uh and you've also got Doug Bradley uh in three and he I, was obviously Pinhead. So 
Oh, you've, you've got, got it. You've got icons it. all in mm. all in the movie. So they're like, it's it's crazy, like royalty. <laughs> I knew about Kane Hodder. Yeah, and I knew about the the Michael Myers guy again. If you want to go and listen to a Michael Myers episode, we have one yeah. available for you to do so. Quite recent, actually. Um, but I didn't know about Leatherface or Pinhead. Now that is some high high end royalty in really shit sequels. <laughs> But the thing is about um, R8 is that him and Kane are in the Hollywood Ghost Hunters together. They have their what? own paranormal group. Have you not heard of this? No. This is There's four or five of them, um, and they're all Michael's, Jason's, Leatherfaces. There's like a, a small group of them, and they're called ha- Hollywood Paranormal or the Hollywood Ghost Hunters or something. And they, they had a small limited run season. So if you have a naughty stick, you'll probably find it somewhere where they did about two or three episodes where they go on and do ghost, like proper, like paranormal ghost hunting. It's dead serious. But um, I just watched it because I was so fascinated. I was like, oh my God, that's Kane Hodder. He's, he's, he's got a peak. You know, he's walking around with his little, little gadget. Oh my God, did, did, he have, did he have his stuff. little leather gloves on? Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's one of those things that, to this day, like I, I think it's great. And uh, R.A. and him are definitely in it. And I think, I want to say Tiny Moran might be in it. What? Uh, in the group. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But if you do a Google to find out the name of it, it's Hollywood Paranormal or Hollywood Ghost Hunters or something like that. So if you want to find something, you might even be able to find it on YouTube, to be fair. Um, oh, my God. Well, we were, we've, we've just purchased a brand new telly. And within that brand new telly came this amazing app. And it's free. And it's all above board, yes. but the movies in there—it's all old B movie, B movies. But there's also some um, YouTube specials as well. So I wonder if you never know. It's in there. I'm going. Hang on, hang on. I've just got to. Did you see what Hollywood was? It's either Hollywood Paranormal, Hollywood Ghost Hunters. If you put in something like that and then just put Kane Hodder in, it should bring up the group that they were in. Kane Hodder. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood Ghost Hunters. There you go. Oh my god, there is YouTube videos. Yeah. I am going to go and look into this at some point. It's actually not bad. I I'm not a big fan. I used to be when when these TV shows first come out. I really got into <laughs> Ghost Hunter, uh, Ghost Hunters taps. I was into like, um, yeah, and then uh, Zach Bagans came uh, along and fucked everything up and ruined I it all. like the first couple of seasons. It's not a It got worse and worse and worse. And then I got banned. I, I literally, he blocked me on Twitter after I commented on something and he didn't like what I put. And he asked me what the hell I was talking about. So he, he blocked me on Twitter, which is fucking brilliant. And then I went to his museum when we were in Vegas and That's it's right. all a big farce. And, and I'm walking around and he treated this poor woman like shit when we were in there. And I was just like, you are a douche. You are uh, an absolute dickhead. The best. Have the no, day you deserve. I yeah. Have the day you deserve. You yeah. absolute piece of shit who exploited <laughs> your friend's murder. Yeah, I will never forgive him yeah. for that. I will never forgive him for my time in Demon House. Oh, where you yeah. went blind? Okie dokie. Yeah, yeah. Um... yeah. Go, go, <laughs> go. Fuck yourself. And I, I liked all them. I like um, Dead Files. Um, I like uh, uh, Kindred Spirits. I like, there's so many of them I really enjoy. I was a big fan of Most Haunted. I liked Most Haunted. I actually went and saw Derek Acora live. Me too. That that was the day I decided he was full of shit when I saw him live. 
a woman got food poisoning. She was thrown up in a handbag about three rows in front of her. Oh, us. my God, he didn't tell you he was pregnant. No, he went over and told her it was the spirits coming through her. And I was just fuck like, oh, off. fuck off. <laughs> oh, we went to see him at Sunderland Empire. And it was the it was one of those occasions where my mum thought it was a good idea to cut caffeine out. And she had a raging caffeine headache. Oh. And that poor woman spent the entire night with her head, like, leaned over on us and she just oh she just wanted that time to end she was and, and so did I yeah, um, <laughs> for that the whole, diff, whole different feeling. reasons when he's up there going oh someone with the name of S get in the bin I mean how many people on average in that room well, well I was one of them exactly well I was definitely one of them uh, I, I saw... honestly think if you genuinely believe in them and you genuinely want to give your money and you're happy with that choice or that transaction then good for you if it gives you the sense of peace you need and and what you're looking for i will never hold that against you it's the charlatans that exploit people for the money that for the fame the Derek Adcoras of the world um i i just don't i don't and the zach bagans of the world i just don't i think they are in i 100 agree with you I 100% agree oh. with you. I know a few people who I've never been to one. I'm actually terrified to find out what someone's got to say about me on the other side. Um, but I have heard of a few people who went who've gone for actual closure, um, kind of help them with their grief closure. And I, I feel like if that's what you need, then that's what you need. Nobody can tell you how to get over grief. And there's one that's local to us, and she doesn't charge a penny. She just says, "Bring the biscuits for when we have tea," <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that I think. I want to believe so badly, so badly. I've done ghost hunts. I've been on ghost hunts. I went to the Leicester. There used to be a, a Leicester asylum. Um, and before they knocked it down and made it into apartments, they used to let the ghost hunting teams go around. Mm-hmm. Um, and this woman kept telling me I had like a, a black mist following me the whole time. And I was just like, oh, it's nice, isn't it? It's, that's wonderful. We went up and did one up in, in uh, we did Unwitch. <laughs> We did the uh, coach, the coach place up near Arnwick. Um, Annick. Annick. All right, I'm I'm seven. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, the, you had the God. I know what a, you mean. The pub there that is like yeah. thousand years old, and mm-hmm. um, it was almost haunted. And we we went and did one there, and the bull, the bullshittery of it all. Honestly, it was. <laughs> it's it's funny as fuck if you go to, so Chillingham Castle is a big one that most haunted did yeah. and I've been there a fair few times if you actually read the literature that's around the rooms it tells you that this used to be a half castle the the family who own it have rebuilt it and subsequently when it was rebuilt the ghosts then appear no and oh yeah do the bills come in <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's there's some things i just find a load of shit but at the same time i'm like i want to believe so badly i think with sucker (laughs) i think with like the connection of the provenance of the guys that are in or connected to this for this quadrilogy though i mean it it makes you feel like well, it does. It makes you feel like, okay, well, there must be more to it there must be substance and that's why i thought to myself right i'll go and watch number two could I find a copy? Could I find it on Amazon? Could I find it anywhere just to watch, stream, even buy the DVD, right? Yeah. No. Nope. All I could find was the odd video on YouTube that was like, this is what I thought my reactions to watching this. And I was just like, well, 
there's no point in me doing that if I can't watch the film. So exactly. I haven't seen two, three, and four because I couldn't find them. No, there's a reason because nobody wants you to watch them. Correct. Because it really, not- really is. Um, the it actually had um a comic book release. They they held a lot of stock in this um to start with, and Dark Horse released a was meant to be a four part uh run. And I sweat the, the artwork. I've seen the artwork for issue one and it is fucking brilliant. It is so good. But because of how bad the movie did, they only get, did two issues. They didn't even yeah. finish the run, the four part run off. And it's such a shame because the, the artwork in it, I don't know the story. Um, no, it was but... called, they were, the comic books were called The Rites of Exorcism. And that was 1993 they released it. That's a good title. Not from Pumpkinhead, but that's a good title for a movie. Yeah. And then like that. 2018 Dynamite published a um uh like a half series of Pumpkinhead ones. Mm. So I haven't seen those, but there's I didn't that, see that, them ones. That artwork that you see everywhere with the pumpkin head. I know Cavity Colors bought the rights to that. So there is a whole set of merch where you can buy t-shirts with that that beautiful mm-hmm. image of the blue light and pumpkin head on and everything with yeah. the proper face, not the weird Lance face. No, the Weirdlands. I actually don't mind the Weirdlands face. It is unsettling, but it's creatively it's brilliant. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, exactly. From a from a standpoint of a special effects, fantastic. But it it unsettled me to the point of where I was looking at it and thinking, oh no, no, I don't like that. I don't. I don't. Do you want to know the kill count across all four movies? Oh, I actually have it as well. But yes, we have a little bit of a contender. We have a little bit of a contender. Um, it's not the biggest, and no. it definitely won't hit, you know. But it's still part of the kill count at seven across all four. Oh shit! No, I only did one. Okay, come on then. Across all four, thirty-one. Oh, okay. Thirty-one kills across all four. So, I mean, from a from that standpoint, we're in the middle of the road of all the other guys for sure. We're in in middle territory. Question. Have you actually kept a count, kept a note of the kill counts we've mentioned thus far? Have you now? That is really interesting to know. I don't have it on me now. It's... No, no, that, no. I just, it's... just in general. On I was a spreadsheet. Only... Of course, it's on a spreadsheet. <laughs> Why would I think it's on anywhere else? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was just no. I was just thinking the other day. I was like, because I really want to go and do a kill count episode where we kind yeah. of like pit people against each other. And I was thinking, do do I have to go back and? And watch all the ones we've done. I tell you what I will do. I will find the actual number for my well, my Lord and Savior Claude Rains, um, because we we've changed it every time we've fucking done an episode. One hundred and thirty-seven. Yeah, I don't know. One hundred and twenty-two. Yeah, somewhere around something that. like that. Um, he's still not the reigning champ. I mean, you'll always be my reigning champ, but he was—he's not the reigning champ anymore. Um, yeah. well, that's a good—that's a—that's a decent number. Yeah, I, I feel mean, that's somewhere in the lines of like. Oh God, I can't even think now. We've done so many at this point. <laughs> it's. Do you know what though? It's not getting to the point like with the Sunday episodes where they're kind of like amalgamating into one, and yeah. I'm like, genuinely can't remember half the stuff that I've done. I can kind of remember, apart from I forgot until we started recording, until you mentioned it, that we've done an Xenomorphs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that'd be interesting. Yep, yeah, we've already done that. That was episode three. <laughs> it, was one of the, it was one of the very beginning ones, yeah. yeah. 
It's a good episode, though. It's really interesting. I'm not like I've just gone the the whole of this episode is me just pimping out all the rest of the episodes. <laughs> filling, filling. She's filling it all up. I mean, please don't leave this one. I'm I'm, I'm talking about like afterwards. <laughs> stay with us for this. I know it's hard work, but stay with us. Yeah, it's. I think. I love for for me my come away from this is I love the design mm -hmm. I love the execution yeah I love the set work like Haggis is in like this old bayou like redneck weird Shut looks up. like she's got gators out the front kind of oh it looks like she has cabin. them for pets yeah um and I know that Lance went deep into the character, which is why I find this all very peculiar. I he would had love to know where made. his headspace in it. He had teeth made. Really? Is that why? He... Yeah. Yeah. He he had um he went and purchased a World War II gun, which is the shotgun you see him using mm -hmm. in the movie. Yeah. He then went and bought a load of silver dollars from pawn shops, and I didn't get what that meant. So when he paid Haggis, they yeah. were they were traditional to the time period. Oh right, okay. Because I couldn't is, work what, out love no money period? when it was supposed to be set. I mean, all the 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 dirt biking teenagers, they look like eighties. They look like the time that it was set, but everybody else looked like it was like the nineteen fifties. Well, that's it. That and this is what I was. I, this is what I was referring to with the kids. Like, where yeah. are these? When I say where are these from, it's like where in this where in time <laughs> are these children? Because. They look like it, it's so poverty stricken. Like they are literally walking around with paper bags on their feet. But when you look at the dirt bike kids, they are your typical eighties children. The 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 flannel shirts all look pretty up to date, like up like flannel shirts. So yeah. I don't know in the time of life where this actually fits in. No. Um. Can we talk about the kills of the teenagers? Why not? Um, they voted <laughs> the first teenage kill of Stephen mm -hmm. as officially the most atrocious kill in a in a horror in movie horror? in horror <laughs> that year. I think it was that year, or it was something along those lines. Because for two reasons, he kept blinking after he died, and he kept breathing, and you can see it happen. You know, see it happen. The guy who played Stephen, which was the little brother of the asshole, um, he was. Terrible at acting. I think he was a favour to somebody who was given a part. He I think must it was have Can yeah. I Nepo baby? Can yeah. I ask why there was two kids locked in a cupboard? What did they do? It, were they the ones who wanted to ring the police? Yeah. So that, so that's what you do. That's yeah. that's what you do. You lock them in a cupboard. It's good. <laughs> it's good to know. The main the, 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 when it came down to the last two kids, which was the girl that was trying to help because you always get the one survivor. And the guy with the curly hair. Yeah. The guy with the curly hair is actually, uh, he actually played a couple of years before um, a young Christopher Reeve. In, he, did. he was Clark Kent, wasn't he? he was and I, I was like, I didn't see it until they flashed up a picture of him with his, with the wig on or dyed hair or whatever. And I was like. He was in something else as well. He's, But yeah, that's what he was mainly known for as a young Clark Kent. Um, I was going to say something. Sorry. No, it's gone. <laughs> but the kids like the, the the one the one kid he took the most time with was was the one of them that didn't deserve that amount of time like the girl who just stood there and was screaming all the time yeah 
And and then he took the time and like carved the cross in her forehead with his fingernail and did all the and I'm like, you toy with someone like that who's the asshole, the main asshole. The main um, one. But he got a very disappointing death, in my opinion. He got stabbed with the 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 shotgun. Yeah. Um, that was uh, and then yeah. something happened. But like the gore was, was the gore? Because to be honest, on yeah. my copy that I watched, it there was there no. was no there was no gore in that. There was literally minimal to no blood. So I don't know whether that was a choice for the um whether it the needed written. to be PG thirteen or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um but, but all the kids when they dropped to the floor when they were dead just had minimal blood like she just had a cross carved into her forehead which in theory fantastically executed don't get me wrong mm-hmm. great but you've just been i don't even know how they died do you know how they died Apart i have no idea died. no fucking the, the, idea the one that got stabbed with a shotgun all the others they just got lifted up by their heads and then disappeared a bit and then either fell on the floor or completely disappeared and i was like <laughs> so, so you got pumpkin head lifting them up with one hand and then and then that's it yeah, it looked like they'd been yeah. like in a in a fight with a cat, you know, and and then they were laying on the floor, and I was like, these none of these deaths. You could t- if this was Stan's choice, you could tell Stan wasn't a horror guy. Yeah, because this wasn't good. The the you, deaths. No, and you would think that Stan kind of like after this would have just went. You know what? This is where my this is where my love is is the is the creation of the monsters. But the football went on to make another film that catchy as hell. This title, isn't it? Oh, can you see it? Because I, I haven't wrote it down. A gnome named Norm. <laughs> Norm named Norm. And it was <laughs> it was if any of you know um, Michael. Oh God, he was in the the, the Breakfast Club. He was also science. Oh yeah, evil dies tonight. Evil yeah. dies tonight. Evil that can... guy. He <laughs> actually plays the lead, like a cop and and the gnome, or they're like best buddies, and they go out. And this gnome thing looks a lot like the Dark Crystal gnomes, which yeah. is ensign work. So this I... is what I was like, uh, what is that? <laughs> I only saw the front cover of it and I was like, wow, like you didn't, it just, do you know what? It just feels like you got done dirty somewhere. Like it was punishment. Something. It was was something. But then obviously he goes back into his, his realm of brilliance and you get so much more from him, which we will cover in an episode. I'm hundred percent picking this one to do because when I if you go on a Wikipedia and just look at the first few lines and you're like, fuck me. Yeah. Have you got the time? <laughs> um, I have pars. I do think that whilst this was I feel like this should be used as a teachable moment for people who maybe want to do more than one facet in filmland. You know yeah. what I mean? So you're a special effects guy. You be produced, a special effects guy. <laughs> you produced, you wrote, you directed. Mm-hmm. Maybe just the directing and the maybe the special effects should have been where it was at. I do think the storyline lacked and the casting act. So in that in that respect for the entire overall arcing of the film, I think the issues laid with the casting. Yeah. Um, because the acting just wasn't up to scratch. 
Mm-mm. and the storyline because it felt so choppy. It didn't, it just, it didn't, there was it's, no smooth ride. The thing is, though, there are so many redeemable things that can be done in this movie. So many redeemable things, so many things that could have changed to make it. I personally wouldn't have had Lance Hendrickson having a change of heart. I would have had him go full on fucking fledged into it. Like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna become this this monster. I'll it's like the human side of the monster, like the monster within kind of thing. And it starts, you start to see the physical toll happen on them, which is fucking genius. I can't believe I didn't see any of that. Mm. But it is a, it is a genius move as to like they're both transforming into each other. Yeah. I love that idea. I just wish I fucking saw it for one <laughs> and I wish they kind of elaborated more on it throughout the movie because if it, you're just getting it at the end yeah there's the only way I knew that Lance Hendrickson's face was changing and morphing into pumpkin heads because I had to have it fucking pointed out to us I didn't see it I didn't yeah. notice it it wasn't until after some of the I watched a video um Minty I will yeah. reference Minty I love that guy um he does some of the best uh fact um videos on youtube and he did this one and he, he had the picture of the side by side lance pumpkin head and it's like oh shit shit mm. yep and that's when i made it realize that maybe i should have seen a decent copy because the minute my I, I told dan i found a copy here it is and then as soon as the movie finished i went yep don't watch that one find another one <laughs> Yeah, I watch a lot of Minty comedic arts. He's he's very very good. Um, love him. I love he's him. an Australian guy, and as far as I know, mm-hmm. he lives here in the UK. Because he... oh, I did not know that. Well, he came to LFCC last year. Seriously? Because Dave, he he took a couple of photos and that he was at LFCC, and Dave tagged him in saying, "I'll come to my shop, my stall." I didn't see him. Oh my! God. But he was there because he'd taken loads of photos. So. I think he he lives here or he comes that's, here often. That's brilliant, that. Whenever you see his outdoor shots, they don't look like Australia. I'm pretty never, sure do you know what I've only oh. ever watched? I, I always thought he was one of those things that I found like and nobody else knew about. Um, and I only ever watched his, you know, top 10 facts on or what you didn't know about. Yeah. Um, and I just, I love, he's, he's so dry. He's good. Yeah. And this, and this movie happened. <laughs> <laughs> his only... background set is getting his background set reminds me so much of yours as well but it really does but he is kind of like he started off so small with like a few like a lunchbox here and a little figure there and then I watched the pumpkin head one and I was like Minty got an upgrade <laughs> and and then that was about two or three years ago he did that video so by the time now that they, they, is yeah. crazy behind him but yeah the only thing that annoys me about Minty's videos is that Bloody mirrored sunglasses, and I can see your ring light, and I can yeah. see your camera. Stop it! <laughs> I've got his music in my head now. He's really good, honestly. I, I highly recommend going and watching yeah. some Minty's videos, uh, regardless of when they were recorded. They are still he's still so consistent, isn't he? And he is dry as fuck. He's so funny, and uh, but he was the he is my main source. <laughs> of information tonight i mean i did watch that video myself and every other video i watched was pretty much the exactly same. the same yeah um so i had to do a lot of in- internet story digging for for the rest of the stuff because there was just not a lot out there i was trying to find behind the scenes um special effects videos which you can normally find if you dig yeah. on but there wasn't that many there was like maybe one or two of tom 
um, wearing the prototype suit and then Tom mm. trying to learn how to walk in the, on the stilts um, and in the harness. Um, and then there was a couple of videos about how they shown you how they painted the eyeballs that were in um, Pumpkin Head and how they had to make them look the same as Lance's contacts that he yeah. had in to show the correlation. See, this is why I don't think I'm adverse to a Pumpkinhead movie. I feel mm. like if they took the original concept, the original storyline in the respect of the key factors, kid dies, parent wants vengeance, visits, visits fucking Baba Yaga. Parent, parent, didn't, parent didn't want vengeance originally. He didn't really want vengeance until it was offered to him. But yeah. I would like to change it to... He's not thinking about bringing him back. He yeah. wants punishment. Yeah. So you got that, and good. then you've got Baba Yaga's, and she's still there, and then you've got the transition between the two turning into becoming one kind of thing. Um, if they kept that plot points, I mm -hmm. think it would be, they, they could do something really bloody good with today's, the, the writers that are out there, in, not including Jason Blum, um, <laughs> I'm sure one day I'm going to get sued or cease and desist from Blumhouse. Yeah, we'll probably get a message saying, um, moving forward in Monsters <laughs> Up North, we will no longer be referencing any Blumhouse movies. Uh, the name affiliated with Blumhouse, as Dan has gone and said too much. Shit the bed, yes. That's <laughs> but until that time, we'll fucking mm -hmm. see what we'll want Blumhouse. Actually, do you know what? I say that. It's me who likes them. It's her who doesn't. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There's the odd, like the old cracker that comes along, like Black Phone. That was that was great. Oh, um, um, you can't knock Happy Death Day. I don't care what you say. The first one's happy, fucking brilliant. Happy Death Day for me is a comedy. It's not a oh, yeah. horror because um, it's so far fetched and so fucking ridiculous. And well, the second like, one is so far fetched and very fucking oh, the ridiculous. time travel one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the Groundhog Day effect, I actually really liked. I think for me, it's just that they buy a concept or a uh, or or a IP for a huge, hugely successful movie, and then they proceed to shit on it. And I don't know how you can do that. You have being Blumhouse and having the amount of money that you must have, and the ability to get the best directors, the best actors, the best cinematographers. Everything everything and you still proceed to 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 create the pile of shit that was exorcist believer i mean i i can't get my head around that i mean it, not even in its own right was it good it, it wasn't good um i, I, I just I actually i actually enjoyed it first watch but it was in uh, that's probably more uh, it, it was probably more the fact that i was getting an exorcist movie yeah. Um. When I really like spoke to people and broke it down and really looked at it again, I mean Leslie Orden Jr. was fucking superb in that movie. I will not take that away from him. I actually really enjoyed his performance. Um. But there was some key elements that I kind of like. I was like some things I was fogged over a lot by it, especially yeah. with the return of oh, what's her name? The mom. Oh. I can see her face. Yeah, see, I can yeah, yeah. hear her voice. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, her. <laughs> yeah, her. The yeah. man being back. Um, it was, it's another Laurie Strode moment. And, and I was totally fogged over by that. 
I think the issue with that film was that when the original was made, Ellen Bernstein, no. Ellen uh, Bernstein. Yeah, no. <laughs> Do you know what's so funny? My mouse mat is the movie poster and it has her name on the bottom. Pretty sure it's Ellen Bernstein. Um, yeah, Ellen Bernstein. First name on there. Um, it, it's the fact that the first movie was adapted by um, William Freakin, William Blatty, the whole, you know... The, the whole team. The Bloody whole wrote team. The, Bloody wrote the book, Freakin yeah. directed. Now, bear in mind... The book was written from a, a perspective of somebody who was deep, deeply religious. He was deeply Catholic. And then the book was written with that view in mind, that mm -hmm. whole coming to realise that there was this whole other side of Catholicism and, and religion. And it was so deeply rooted in one man's experience or slash understanding. Yeah which we don't really get those movies anymore. It's all about mm. the Big Bang and the Big it's Fuck and get it out. Yeah, it, it, not substance. That the, he, What he did was substance. What everyone else does is, where can we where can we get a twist in there? Where can we shock people? And especially in horror, where can we... Because there's no, nobody in, nobody is making a horror movie these days to physically scare anyone. Yeah. Unlike what The Exorcist did. Yeah. That physically frightened people nowadays it's just where where can we shock people and where can we jump scare people yeah and there's no to, substance no it just gets to a point i think so that for me going into believer i thought that they would take a, a not a similar approach because obviously they can't rehash what's been put but i was expecting some sort of i i wow. don't know i just felt like <sighs> There's... When you when you put this up against Pope's Exorcist, which was another one that came out in yeah. the same year, Russell Crowe. When Russell Crowe can shit all over an Exorcist titled movie, I something really had it. I fucking loved it. Yeah. There's something got to be said about that mm, because that... he fucking oh he owned that role from the and, and do you know what I loved about that as well? And they never bring this up in possession movies a lot is the mental health side of things. Yeah. And how a lot of possessions back in the day, possessions, I will say that in air quotes, were done when mental health wasn't even looked into. These people were probably going through psychosis, through yeah. other issues, and they would instantly just go, no, no, that's the devil. Yeah. That is the devil. And it was recognised and brought up in that movie. I fucking loved it. So, yes, when you can have Russell Crowe shit all over an exorcist title, questions need to be asked. And guess what, kids? There's two more of these movies coming out. <laughs> oh, I... it's going to be a trilogy and it wasn't until I was speaking to people about it that I realised it's Halloween all over again that's the thing and this is another reason why my my dislike for Blumhouse which um, I've actually been asked to, to go on um, a, a little po podcast called Jeff and Friends and he asked me basically what you do is you talk about what you hate for 20 minutes oh. and then for 10 minutes you talk about how you um, can remedy that mm -hmm. and I've chosen Blumhouse as my subject oh my god <laughs> that is if you didn't I'd call bullshit on whatever other topic you were going to pick because I know how you feel about it <laughs> I'm so passionate about this and really I know are. it's an unpopular opinion because if you're a horror whore you take what you can get you love it and oh, I, mm. to a degree I still do I still 
we'll watch a lot of this this stuff and then complain about it. But, you were going to say shit. <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, but the thing is, they're not leaving a legacy no. for me. The Blumhouse right. movies, they don't leave legacies. They're, adapt- they're either adaptations of someone else's work or they are cheaply quick bang for your buck movies because they're not the things they're not they're not these great big like the exorcists they're not these i don't know these these iconic mammoth and iconic movies these substance movies they are these like let's just bang something out as quick as we can to get it in the cinema for for halloween or for you know, Blumhouse yeah. haven't had a movie out in 10 minutes. Oh, God, we'll do Night Swim. The State Path Marshmallow Man in the swimming pool. Get in the bin. Come on now. I what? didn't. I genuinely didn't watch that for, because Dan told me not to. And I went, okay, I trust your opinion. When it but, comes down to anything done by them, I trust I'm her opinion. I'm obviously one of these people that say, don't listen to a word I say, go do what you want to do. Go go watch yeah. what you want. I'm not a policeman. I'm not going to tell you you're stupid for doing it. I'm, that's not, these are my, my, my opinions and my opinions only. These are how I feel about. Oh my God, don't take opinions. me fucking disclaimer away from us. <laughs> but it's true. It is it genuinely, I just, I feel like Pumpkinhead could have been a Blumhouse movie because of the plot line, because of the acting. <laughs> But it wouldn't, but it wouldn't have been based on the practical effects that are done in that. Because, like I said earlier, you don't get into Deer's movies these practical effects that they pulled off. You don't. And I think Minty said it perfectly as well that this is some of the best special effects that you will ever fucking see. Yeah, hundred percent, hands down, ten out of ten for the for the special effects. I, I I genuinely think they got the creature, Chef's Kiss. He's absolutely amazing and like all the corpses and haggis the amount of work that went imagine being six foot tall 68 and carrying 70 pounds worth of fake uh, i'm five i'm five foot nine and wear what i wear and i find that fucking difficult um but if they don't if they remake this and they don't have the witches called haggis i'm not fucking watching turn it straight off because that (laughs) name is amazing um i have one more interesting fact yep the dog Oh yeah, <laughs> the dog, the dog mushroom. There is a doggy in this, and but and don't get it. He's fine. Just so all you people out there who are like me and incredibly sensitive when it comes to animals in movies, this doggy is perfectly fine and was perfectly fine during the movie. This doggy is a famous doggy. Mm-hmm. Why is he famous, doggy Dan? Because he was in Gremlins. He was. He was in Gremlins, and he did all of his own stuff. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> he did all his own stunts in Gremlins, and he did all his own stunts in Pumpkinhead too. He's lovely. How amazing is that? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The dog was a better actor than most of the teenagers. So, God, man, they really were. Like, you know, honestly, if it, this film is so cloudy, so cloudy, and I'm not talking about the actual, like, the actual quality of what I watched. <laughs> the whole thing itself is cloudy. It's muddled. It's messy, and for not the best reasons either. Um, and the teenagers were just. They just evolve. They just help that messiness. I yeah. will never understand how that kid died. I don't understand how the kid died. I don't understand the point of there being five teenagers. Yeah. Why did that one stay with them? And and Lance Hendrickson never said a goddamn fucking word to him when he picked the kid up. And how did he, he never get said to this cabin? Yeah. I am. Um... 
he never said, well, thank you. Thank you, son. Thank you for watching my kid while he lay there dying. No, he no. He just fucked up. <laughs> fucked up. But he didn't even do that. There's no emotion whatsoever in Lance Hendrickson's face. It's, it, I've, I know. I generally thought the kid scraped his knee. <laughs> I and he was being a bit dramatic. And banged his head. I just, yeah. It wasn't like, like you said, it wasn't until the guy said, you know, about the kid being dead or go bury a son. I was like, eh? Eh? He's I said dead? that to Anthony. I went, he's fucking, I thought, he's fucking dead. He's just sitting in that car dead. <laughs> I mean, I was like, mm, choices. Um, oh, so this you... movie you could just title Pumpkinhead, dot, dot, dot. Choices. Okay. I don't know whether it is genuinely down to the fact that Stan was a newbie director. This was his first go at directing. Yeah. You know, he'd obviously written the script with a with a view to, in theory, on paper, this movie probably worked. You know, um, oh, 100%, 100% if you've got the synopsis of a kid, kid's son gets killed. And he seeks vengeance from a witch who can bring back this fucking powerful demon shit, and there's consequences to the to the decisions that are made. That sounds fucking brilliant. But yeah. what we got was not that. We just got bad acting and weird editing. I feel, I do feel that the editing let it down because unless they, like I say. Unless that was intentional when they wrote it that way, I just feel like you miss big parts of like. I miss the whole fire end. Or... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, it feels like there's like conversations that have happened, but you've not been a party to. No, yeah. So you feel like you're missing something. And nothing like... was fle- nothing was fleshed out. The, do you yeah. know what? There's so much space in this movie that you could have filled it with dialogue. You really could have because it's uh, there's a lot of quiet moments. Um, while the Looney Tunes guy is playing his bit in the background. Um, yeah. Oh my god! When I read that, I nearly wet my pants. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of there's a lot of empty space in there where dialogue could have been incredibly like more forthcoming to where you flesh things out. There is nothing fleshed. There is nothing fleshed out in this movie at all. And there's so much that could have been like, and I'm not just talking about explanations. Just giving you a fucking reason to care. Like, why do I care about the Milky Bar Kid being like? Like, why do I care about fucking Ed Hardy, Harvey, Hardy, Harley, Harvey. Ed Harley, yeah, Harley, Harley. yeah. Why do I care about Ed Harley and his and you know the fact that his sons died? There's, no, I don't give a shit because you've not given me a fucking reason to. Plus, there was not enough establishing time for you to even like the characters at the Mm-mm. beginning because it switches so much from the establishing of the story, which you don't even realise it's doing because mm-hmm. you don't see Pumpkinhead in that beginning bit because obviously they're saving that for a reveal, which I understand. But mm-hmm. you're, you're supposed to know that that kid is Lance Henriksen, but you never find out it is Ed. Um, you're, you're just told it's Ed when you watch things back to say that that was him when he was younger. It really um, is. And then that's why he's so acceptant of everything that happens because he knows he's seen it or he's heard of it or, you know. Um, I just think that, like I say, there was chunks of conversations that I feel like they never had. You didn't have empathy for the guy that was knocking on the door because you didn't know his story. You didn't have empathy for the family inside because you didn't know why they weren't letting the guy in. Then when it switches so quickly to something that happens within maybe 20 minutes, half an hour, Mm -hmm. Lance Henriksen washing his hands in a bucket with his kid. And then next thing you know, 
he's being surrounded the kids being surrounded by all the the sack yeah. wearing take sack wearing kids do you know what you are right about the editing when i think about it how the the editing because every scene was so yeah and i can't i don't know how else to explain it there's no transition yeah there's no it's just there's a scene there's a scene there's a scene but it didn't it like, yeah they don't slide together no like, you, it's like he where he was when his kid was up the hill i don't i can't remember he was in the building it was in the shop and then next thing you know the kids died and then like i say you say there's no emotion no transition He's just banging on the door of another guy, asking him where the witch was. And it was like... And he was so fucking blousy about that game. Yeah, man. Where's this witch? <laughs> but the, it, it was just all very... It, it, peculiar, it was just peculiar. And like I say, I don't know whether that comes down to Stan's first time as a director making choices that necessarily is on a learning curve for being a first-time actor. But if you are a first-time director, if you are three million into the budget that's what you've got that's what you're going to spend um it didn't didn't lose money though did it no it made 4.5 so i mean that's due to the the due to the lack of um public publication publicity was that that the was that the problem (laughs) that's the reported problem um but yeah i i think had stan of uh had a directing debut on a lesser known, um, a smaller movie, an indie movie like we know them as, maybe mm-hmm. it would have been a learning curve for him there. Yeah. Um, and then go into something like Pumpkinhead when he's got a bit of, uh, just a little bit more knowledge of how to do the, the oh, other absolutely. side of things. Like I've said many times through this podcast, there is so much potential in this franchise they could really do something special with it so when i heard after i read no after i watched it and i read that the it's been in talks for ages by the way since 2018 is the the last time it was mentioned and then it's only been last year that talks were happening again um i was like actually fuck yes as long as you keep what you have with pumpkin head yeah. As long as you keep that aesthetic, as long as you keep the actual practicality of it and the practical effects, the, you know, don't over CGI it. I understand if CGI is needed, especially for movement, because mm-hmm. of how limited they were with movement is how quick that that, that he ran. That yeah. I would, you could, I don't want to see a super fast, speedy Gonzalez uh, <laughs> pumpkin Spread head, up. but do you know yeah. what I mean? Just to make the movement a bit more fluid, I could understand that, but don't take away from the practical effects, really flesh the story out. The story is not too bad. The main plot line isn't terrible at all. It's just how it was portrayed, how it was acted. The dialogue is fucking lacking. Like, honestly, if Quentin Tarantino got his hands on this, I feel like we would know the ins and outs of a fart because all the dialogue would be actually put into there for us to know that. He's the only, he's monologues, the, yeah. It's the top one, it's the top guy who came into my head. When I think of dialogue, I think of Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. like, it just needs to be really fleshed out. And you could have a really good fucking monster movie. And I feel that's where horror is heading these days, is we're going back to monsters. Yeah, because I mean, what's coming out end of next month? You've got Godzilla versus 
um the Someone. new Godzilla versus uh, Kong, haven't you? Movie. Um, well, you've had uh, Godzilla minus that came out last year, which is apparently amazing. We won't watch it until we can buy it. Um, same, same. We want it on the. We want to watch it on the, the TV because um, I have to sit with glasses on and read subtitles because Daniel can't see subtitles without hey, glasses. <laughs> I have a seventy-five inch television. I can <laughs> see fucking everything now. <laughs> but yeah, we don't want to watch it until we can watch yeah. um, a good copy of it. Um, even if that means buying it, I will. But I feel that's where mon- like we're heading into a monster era, um, and we've got Nostra Nostra no, Nos no. Say it for us, Dan, because I'm not going to do Nosferatu. it. Nosferatu. Yep, that's we've also it. Also got the first omen, which was something I was talking to people about today on the page. Um, Blumhouse isn't involved in that one at all, so I'm very very intrigued to see where they're going to go with that one. Um, because I caught the end of the trailer and I was really, really intrigued. And I thought, well, I'm not a trailer person. I like to, if it's a movie I'm really interested in, like Ghostbusters, Frozen, Empire, I, have, I haven't seen any of them yet. Good, but I had None to watch trailers. it. Um, so if they're like ones that I really want to watch, uh, like films I really want to watch, I refuse to watch the trailers because you then see the movie at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so horror ones I don't mind so much unless it's some big thing that I really want like I said really want to see but um then I put up about this morning I put up about the new Silent Hill movie that's coming out this year yeah I am not I have never touched on that franchise at all ever I don't know anything about it apart from I watched a documentary on the real Silent Hill village yeah um but I don't know anything about so I would if it would get us into it then because I know Graham loves it and and speaks really highly of it it's something I would like to cover because they do have monsters in the, the original movie. Um, cool. So I would like to do it at some point on this this pod for sure. So uh, Paul, no, no on the Sunday. <laughs> no. See this, um, it's a foot and it's going down, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it's, it's, uh, the Silent Hill franchise, the first one was absolutely superb to me. It's the only one I've, I've, I've never had a night terror before or ever again since, but the first film gave me night terrors. I was convinced Pyramid Head had cut my legs off and I was wide awake and I was I just couldn't move. And I was in in, in the bedroom staring at the ceiling and I couldn't move. Sleep I had like paralysis. Paralysis, the full I the full booner, and I've never had it since. And it's that to this day, the only horror film, apart from the first time when I was about 10 or 11 when I watched Nightmare on Elm Street. And that that like the it was the scene where Freddie comes out, you know, the, the he's like on the fabric of the wall when he's pushing out. It's like a membrane kind of yeah yeah. I had exactly the same wall behind me, except what a membrane like, cross, like a white one, and it was exactly oh. you know, and it felt like when I went to watch the movie and we had bunk beds and I was in the top bunk at the time because we used to swap, and I was in the top bunk and it felt like Freddie was going to come over my head so. For me, like that freaked me out for a long time. That's just made me go really cold inside. <laughs> um, but Silent Hill is is to this day probably yeah, it is. It's the only film and the only time I've ever had a night terror in my entire life. That's crazy. Um, you talked about the first Omen. I don't normally bring this up, um, but the Omen is one of it is probably one of my most watched horrors. I can't I. I literally, I will watch this at least once every six months. I, this is for you, Damien. It's all for you. <laughs> and every time that thing comes on, I always see it. Um, I absolutely adore that movie. Gregory Peck is just 
fucking fantastic in it and to know he's going through his own grief while that is go- while he's doing it oh it just brings so- like god bless that man like oh he's just amazing i love him what did you think of the remake with Julia Stiles and the Ebshaw? Didn't mind it. Generally yeah. didn't mind it. I didn't, surprisingly. They kept very, very... Very uh, true. ...faithful to the original, I, th- yeah. I feel. Like, there wasn't too much deviation, but it wasn't an exact copy. No, it wasn't like, like they did what they did with Psycho. It wasn't word for word, scene for scene, line for line. Don't no. get angry, breathe through it. I'm not going to. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. But I generally... I didn't... I think I actually watched the remake before I watched the original. Um... But the original, oh gosh, I just, oh, David Warner's say yeah. love it. Um, but the kid, the kid, the, you can't top the kid from the first one. You can't, that smile and to know nobody told him to do that is just genius. When he turns to the camera and he smiled and even yeah. the director went, what are you doing, kid? <laughs> And they kept it in. Then they kept it in. The in. So I'm looking forward to that. There's a few horrors I'm looking forward to this year. Um, I have some crackers coming out. So I first. have zero interest in fucking Winnie the Pooh to Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no interest I haven't seen whatsoever. the first one. No, me neither. I don't want to see the Mickey Mouse Steamboat Willie one either. It's like it just holds no interest. How, for how fucking quick were they? As soon as that came up for free licensing, how quick were they to fucking do that, the dickheads? It's, it's it's like a pet peeve of mine, I've got to be honest. I think I did a rant on Facebook the other day about how much I hate people being able to get away with using IP and not thinking there's consequences. I mean, luckily, the, the Steamboat really one had just expired. I think it was like they released the movie the day or the day after. Yeah, it was the day after. Uh, the, the IP the thing, expired. The, 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 thought of, the thought of they were being big and clever. Look at us, look at us. No, man, oh, it's, it's just it's just shit. It looks right. really shit. Our IP is safe with monsters because Frankenstein has been in de- in the general domain for a long time now. <laughs> yeah, it's just when people do things like um, they use logos, they use um, very recognizable character faces and things like that, and they don't have the rights to distribute, and they'll make these items and they'll bring them to shows and they'll sell them, and it's like, oh, you guys, sure was right, yeah, guys, you cannot sell this stuff. You 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 legally there was cannot. There was a lot of things with them, the artwork and the um, music artwork. So the score pages and the image on the front. Now, it wasn't the score page and it was the actual image that they were using. So Carolyn did original artwork. Yeah. These were using actual pictures and selling them. And it's like, holy shit, man. They how much work she put into that and how much you've and it was it was big to, i say it was a big talk like there was a few conversations <laughs> there's 3d like 3d printers as well um to distribute i saw your rant about that yeah i have a big deal about this if you're making it for yourself to sit there and paint and make as many as you like go at it once you've bought that stl file that is yours and yours alone but you're not paying for the right to resell and you're not paying for the licensing to distribute. You're paying for that file for a single use. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. Um, and if you were to be paying for the licensing for say Freddie or Jason mm. or Michael, you are looking in the 
thousands of pounds to be able to just have one image which they have to clear the people that own the image have to clear that image yeah before you're allowed to use it so if if people are selling these things or caught selling these things then they run the risk of having their entire and and there is a very open company about this hell on shirts jess and robbie Yes. Jess has done a video about this where she's really open about when they first started, they didn't realize about IP. They didn't realize about mm-hmm. distrib- distribution. They didn't realize about any of the, like the, you know, the use of images. Um, and the police came to their house. Oh they seized gosh. their computers. They seized all their work stuff. They took all their stock. It happens. So mm-hmm. people have to understand that there are consequences just because you think you can 3d print it or paint it or photocopy it or mm-hmm. there are possibilities and, and this is like large distribution that we're referring to because that like hell on i mean hell on shirts honestly check out this shit is so good um yeah. i remember seeing them when we were at um liverpool comic-con and it was the night before so everyone was setting up so there's no one around so me and carolyn were like let's go have a look around the stalls and i just spotted theirs and i was like carolyn this, I was I would actually spend all my money right here. <laughs> so good, really. Yeah, good. Robbie and Rob are very good friends. They love each. They look like weird brothers because they've both got the big old tashes and they're oh. both covered in tattoos. You know, it's, <laughs> but um, highly recommend you go and like buy and have a look at their stuff because yeah, they they are the quintessential people that can teach you a lesson by watching their um by watching their videos because they now commission artwork they then have to get the artwork agreed with the people that own the license for the character they Mm -hmm. then sign it off like Damien Leone has had to sign off the terrifier stuff they weren't allowed to distribute it until Damien had given the right you know the red the green light to the the artwork wow so everything is done properly by those guys and Mm -hmm. I you know there's ways around stuff I'm not saying you can't take tiny little like random things that are in a film like a spoon or a bowl that are like yeah. little moments i'm not talking about that I'm talking about you whack jason's face on something and you sell it and you don't have the licensing for it you are in danger girl <laughs> you're in danger girl you're in danger girl and but i'll stop ranting because it is one of my <laughs> it's next to blind house is up there it's <laughs> you can't do a full podcast on that though <laughs> <laughs> or can you and um, any more interesting facts about i say interesting <laughs> loosely based <laughs> interesting facts on pumpkin head i only have one and that yeah. was that the cabin that was used that the kids were found in was actually also used in friday the 13th, 13th part, part two. Oh, i was gonna say part is, two it's four isn't it four was final chapter wasn't it the Curry yeah film? yeah yes. which was a peculiar movie within itself. <laughs> Same Funny. cabin, though. Yeah. Yeah. I can't watch that one. <laughs> he shaves his head and he's got all of his little... It's like, the first one happened and that was it for me. <laughs> yeah, I I watched a lot of those movies when we did the Jason episode. Yeah, we also I... did a Jason episode if you want to go in there. And yeah. up until recently, he was our Kill Count King. Mm-hmm. And he's been knocked off. I, I'm devastated by it, but he's been knocked off by Michael Myers. Sorry for all you Michael Myers fans out there, but I thought Jason would have had a decent run. Um, mm-hmm. But he, he got knocked out pretty quickly. It, it'll never be as long as Bodrick's. Just saying. Just, just saying. <laughs> so, next week, 
I have no fucking idea what we are doing. Do, do you want to explain what this section is? Right. We're starting a new thing. Brand uh, new. Where Mr. Mike Kell from the Geek Slash Horror Asylum yes. um, chooses a random movie a horror movie or monster movie or something in that realm mm-hmm. for me and Sammy to watch um, and review. So we only find out now as we're announcing this. It'll either be in the chat or we find out just as we're recording yeah. to tell you. And so it's now going to be conveniently called Mike's Pick. So, so we debut Mike's Pick next week. <laughs> I am, um, if you... I highly recommend you join uh, Geek Asylum and the Horror Asylum because Mike's reviews on horror movies are fucking brilliant, mm. and he has he's always been a great supporter of ours. And yeah, he's on the had, thing episode. He so. is once again on the thing episode. <laughs> uh, if you want to go and go and check that one out, um, but yeah, he's he's such a, a great guy, and I am and I, I, I read his reviews, and I know the movies he reviews, and I'm dreading to think what he has picked for us this week. Well, I haven't heard of it. So it, that instantly makes me kind of excited oh, because okay. I'll be going into it blind, um, which is good because I love a yeah. film which I can go in blind. Well, They're the I ones must that admit, excited. yeah, I must admit, The Blob and Pumpkinhead. Um, what did we do last? Well, not the ritual because I had seen it, but it wasn't like a one and done kind of thing. Yeah. I have loved, don't get us wrong, for all I had a lot to pick about this movie, I've loved learning about it and, and the the creature art and everything. It's been great. Um, so go on, hit me with your best. <laughs> it's a Shudder exclusive, so it's on Shudder. Got you. Um, and the film is called... Anything for Jackson. Oh. It's called. Um, so he'll pick a very random movie. It might not even be like a monster or a traditional horror movie, but it will have something in it that is weird. So hmm. this is Mike's pick. I don't know how much we'll be able to find out behind the scenes wise or uh, facts or fiction. So it may well be that this might just be me and you talking about the plot of the movie and mm-hmm. how we feel about it. I've never heard of this film, so I'm not sure, like I say, how much deep diving we can do on it. Mm. But I'm intrigued all the same. I didn't uh, know how much deep diving we could do on this movie, but we still managed <laughs> to pull it out of our asses. It's true. <laughs> it's true. There's much more than I thought we were going to, you know, find. So, yeah, few tangents along the way, but right. Okay. Anything for Jackson. Interesting. Um, so that's next week. Mm-hmm. And this is the start of Mike's picks, um, which will just be every so often. We'll just go, Mike, pick us a movie. Yeah. So they will be extremely obscure and random. I, I have a yeah. feeling, judging by this one. <laughs> and um, judging by the movies Mike watches. Yes. <laughs> but thank you so much for that, Mike. Right. So, whew, pumpkin head in the bag. <laughs> pumpkin head in the bin. Pumpkin head in the grave. <laughs> in the pumpkin patch. With Lance out and Rickson. <laughs> it's done. It's done. Um, so we are on every Monday at seven o'clock on YouTube, our episode premieres. 
and our audio goes up for any on anywhere that you find your podcast from on a Tuesday. If you wouldn't mind, like, share and subscribe. That would be grand. And all of the socials for Bleed and Marvelous and Nerdy Up North and even Monsters Up North are where Dan is telling you right now. Down below. Down below. Down below. Well, that was something. It certainly was. <laughs> that was definitely something. A lot of fun, not going to lie. Like, I've not... I mean, I did text Dan and just went, I don't know if this is really shit or absolutely, absolutely hilarious. I can't quite decide at the moment. And you just went, it's a bit of both. <laughs> you were absolutely right. It is a bit of both. But I hope you enjoyed Pumpkinhead. So one last thing. No, gosh, I don't even talk. Mm. There's only one more thing to say. Say goodbye, Dan. Goodbye, Dan. Stay spooky, everyone. Bye. Ah!